Hello there and welcome back to the Daily Fitness Education. I think it's important to dive into nutrition a little bit. I know that there's a lot of talk about fitness and the exercise portion in my belief or you know, let's say studied belief. I would say that the stats kind of line up to say that the exercise portion isn't as important for outcomes in training and, and exercise and fitness and health. Um, Comparative to the lifestyle, comparative to the sleep, the recovery, the meditation, the nutrition. So I want to start with the nutrition early on in this podcast because there's a lot to be talked about and not the depth, not the metabolism of carbohydrates, fat, and protein, not the depth of nutrition like avocados carry this extra mineral that is the latest and greatest break in nutrition understanding. It's like, I don't want to dive into the massive amounts of science behind nutrition, the minerals, the macronutrients, and the, and the micronutrients. I want to dive into the psychology of nutrition. The, the big problem, I think, in society today, at least what I've observed, I, my naive perspective is I've only met the people I've met, and I've have not encountered everybody's beliefs around nutrition, but I think it's important that uh, others have observed this, and I have also observed this problem as well, and as we start to address it, we see remarkable outcomes in terms of health and well-being as people are able to make these adjustments with their food relationship and their own psychology around nutrition. So cue the theme song, and let's get her going. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Roche, and this is the Daily Fitness Education, the podcast designed to highlight how anyone can become successful in any endeavor at all in life. Learning every day. I'll discuss something that I've learned in the past, something I may have learned that day, or something that I'm about to learn. Through books, mentors, courses, formal education, colleagues, and practical steps with clients, you can listen along through the lens of a personal trainer and the healthy enthusiasts around me and learn from my trials and tribulations as to how to achieve the intangible habits to pursue your own future in fitness. So when we start to talk about nutrition psychology, it's multifaceted. There's so many ways to observe, judge, label, assess beliefs, and what's serving us and what's not serving us when it comes to nutrition. Because, man, it's, it is a complicated subject for sure. Um, but oftentimes, I think the relationship with food is the same as what I discussed in the sec, the first or second podcast, which was the 90-10 lifestyle learning to build that delayed gratification, I'm going to serve myself well now and then be able to have fun later. But I think what happens is most people get really excited about food being good or bad, food being junk food or great food. Um, and I don't think that's a really healthy way to look at food. I think all food serves an awesome purpose. Some of it's for pleasure and some of it's for you know health and, and healthy outcomes. The problem, I think, is when people start to eat anxiously, eat when they're in a struggled situation, and not eat for pleasure or for purpose, but for 
emotional relief or comfort. Now, eating eating comfort food can can be helpful, except for the fact that you're not really comforting anything, only because once you've created this spiral, this this psychological relationship, we're talking purely self-talk here. Once you've eaten poor quality food, if you're struggling with something, you're not going to be struggling even more because that 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 food is going to make you feel as if you made a mistake again, right? Like the the unhealthy food is often the comfort food and we feel bad about ourselves when we eat this kind of food. So it's it's a never-ending cycle. You're using comfort food to treat a problem that you're struggling with in life. The food makes you feel good in the moment, but then immediately after, you then struggle. Now, this is not only just a relationship with food, it is also proven in science that if you're eating mostly empty calorie foods, highly processed foods, uh, they're highly inflammatory. Not all of them, but most of them. And what happens with inflammation is if you have inflammation in your gut, you're going to have a direct connection from your gut to your brain with something called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is uh, Latin, vagus for wandering, and this nerve will go all the way through your body, touch your, your a lot of your internal organs, all the way up to your brain stem. I believe it's connected to your lungs and your heart. But if you have inflammation in your stomach, it's also going to create inflammation uh, and send it all the way up and down that vagus nerve. And what's going to happen is you're going to struggle psychologically. This is observable if you eat really well for two or three days, feel good, everything's, you know, you're on cloud nine, life's going well, you're making disciplined actions, good steps, you're exercising hard, going to work on time, working hard and focused while you're there, and then you eat a bag of chips. Now, you'll be a little rocked from that bag of chips or McDonald's or whatever your, you know, pick your poison type thing, but you will notice the next day. I almost always notice the next day when I have eaten something of lower quality food. So, it's a double whammy. If you have a poor relationship with food, as such, you're using it to blanket problems like uh, food is love made visible or I'm hangry and... I'm not trying to undermine hypoglycemia, which is a condition as to when you're low on blood sugar and you uh, it affects your, your mood. Great. Um, but oftentimes when we're hungry, we crave carbs. We crave un, you know undesirable stuff and not good carbs. Like there's, there's great carbs out there and I'm not trying to go too far down the rabbit hole here. All food is good food. Carbs, protein, fat, all of those things are remarkable for your health if they're good, healthy foods. We know that a bag of chips is not uh, a dense carbohydrate, but rice is, right? Rice is, a lot of pastas are, um, whole grain things can potentially, you know, this is, you know, a very touchy subject, can potentially be very healthy for you. The problem is that we crave carbohydrates, regardless if they're healthy forms or not, when actually our body will become satiated and that anxiety will be reduced when we eat things, or if you're hungry, when we eat things like protein uh, and fat. You'll be blown away if you notice that you're really hungry, have a handful of nuts, uh, drink a big glass of water, and if you have a protein shake, that hunger will disappear nine times out of 10. Uh, Try it for yourself, but the important part is that to observe, right? And this is where meditation comes in. Are you able to observe the anxiety that comes into your mind when you're craving unhealthy food? Are you able to look at it and do 
the opposite action until that in it of itself becomes a habit, a habit of making the better choice and delaying gratification. Not forever, right? Like people will ask me, Kyle, you're, you're a healthy fit, uh, fitness freak and you're a health nut. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Uh, and I mentioned before that M&Ms are amazing. Now I don't, I'm, I'm, it's just an example. I like lots of unhealthy food. My favorite go-to is pizza, but I'm not eating that whenever I really truly want pizza. I'm eating that as a ritualistic timeline. Um, and if I'm not feeling it, I don't force the pizza down. But on Sundays, I usually enjoy a cheat meal or something unhealthy just to kind of step outside of the rigidity of trying to be healthy. Now, 90-10, living a purpose-based life is going to feel rigid. You're creating outcomes for yourself to be able to you know, build companies or be an effective person or you know, pay your bills. Like You have to have some rigidity. You have to be rigid in your work ethic form. Now, um, people understand that they have to go to work, right? Almost, you know, the vast majority of the planet is capable of going to work. But then, when nothing is expected of them beyond work, they're not willing to continue working on their own lives, their their health and their their nutrition. So, uh, a famous CrossFitter named Matt Fraser says, you know, what who you are is the outcome of what you do when no one's watching right and the way I like to say this to yourself is you know if if you were your own boss would you hire yourself and fire or fire yourself in the terms of your nutrition relationship your your nutrition habits so what have we got all food is good food it all serves a purpose there's no bad food I didn't I didn't make mistakes it's you are a human and you do as you do but when you eat unhealthy food look at the lens have you eaten unhealthy food three or four days before that have you eaten unhealthy food or are you planning on eating unhealthy food such as you're going to it, you know, as the timeline right now? Are you going to a New Year's party? Are you going away to a cottage? Are you having lunch with a boss? Are you, you know, do you typically have breakfast with your family on Saturday mornings? Like if, if you have a weekend that's going to be very unhealthy, I'm not saying go out and eat salad when you're with all your friends and just like struggle and like, I'm, I'm saying be a part of all parts of life. But when you're not in entertainment mode, when you're not in, I'm out to enjoy myself for pleasure, live with purpose, right? Behind closed doors, when it's the nine to five and the grind and you're in routine, your routine should be 90, 90, 10, 90% purpose-based food. Now, there's a good discussion around how to be more efficient in your nutritional eating and when I say efficient, I mean efficient in terms of your own body's energy. Uh, people look at themselves as if they're capable or incapable, but really they're just misspending glycogen. They're misspending their energy. And there's something uh, as, at a political level or a presidential level called decision fatigue. And this is why presidents uh, or prime ministers or heads of state only wear the same clothes over and over and over. They have people preparing all of their meals. They have, you know, and this is not... To be rich, you know, and of course it's 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 wealthy to be able to have people serving you, but at the same time, it's to be rich in energy. It's to be rich in your decision-making capacity. Um, decision fatigue means that you only have, I think, on average, between three and five strong uh, shots of or dumps of glycogen into your brain to be able to be effective psychologically or neurologically and have true clarity in your decision-making. If that's true, 
then we need to use that as effectively as possible and on a political level when they're making decisions for the planet and trying to be persuasive and effective for the planet. They want to have all of, all of their gears working, all of their energy in the right place. Now, why is this relevant? This isn't a political conversation. I'm not trying to get into who is, who's going to be the next leader who shouldn't be leading or whatever. What I'm trying to suggest is that your brain has a limited amount of energy to use each day on decisions and, and willpower. Willpower is not something that is, you know, after habits have come through, willpower is, is really just maintaining those habits. Um, but it also takes willpower to create a new habit, and that's, that's the money of what we're talking here. Meal prepping and planning and, and getting involved in what you're going to be eating for that 90% purpose-based lifestyle is super important, right? Like, we know that, uh, what food is healthy. We know that um, typically the fat off of a piece of meat is not as healthy as the fat held in almonds. So if you're looking to consume fat, the best choice or a better choice would be to consume nuts and seeds. Um, we know that a, you know having a salad is always going to be, you know, with some chicken is always going to be healthier for us than having a Big Mac. Sure, there's lettuce on it. Sure, there's protein, but we can see the direct outcomes of, you know, supersize me. If you watch that movie from the, the 90s or early 2000s, I don't remember when it came out. What I'm trying to suggest here is the decision fatigue of meal planning is that if you make a decision around a meal each and every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, all those things, and you kind of just let it go by the wayside, you let it go on the fly, then it's going to be quite difficult to maintain either those decisions or the decisions elsewhere in your life. Like you having to decide which color to paint the walls or you having to decide how to show up that day for your partner. Like most people believe it's a personal thing when when they're angry or struggled or but it's it's actually highly correlated to your lifestyle as to how your psychology is wired the lens in which you see life is highly correlated with your lifestyle which means let's be smart about this successful people aren't superheroes they're not superhuman they have listened to other successful people and said like, hey, I've got a lot of biases that make me wanna eat junk food. You know it's better? Just to eliminate all those biases, like make sure I'm not out hungry at past 10 p.m. because I know I'm gonna eat junk food um, because we're craving empty calories. There's a reason why McDonald's is the only, or you know, unhealthy fast food joints um, are, are the only things open. Like pita pits are not open beyond 9 p.m. Why? Because we don't crave them. We don't crave healthy food when we're sleep deprived. We create quick energy, things to keep us moving and things to keep us functioning. And this is survival in, in, in essence and in nature. But when we understand the psychology of nutrition, the things that affect our psychology, like um, going out and eating unhealthy food with friends, um, going inside the gas station to pay and seeing all that stuff. Sure, you might have that willpower to not eat that junk food there, but willpower is like a gas tank. It depletes, which means you might not either that day or the next day be able to stop yourself from eating junk food. So we, we, we want to start getting into thinking about which things cause us to eat poorly. Am I going out on date night with my girlfriend or boyfriend and having to be, you know, we always eat junk food when we go out. Maybe strike a deal with each other and say, you know, every every third time we go out, we can eat junk food, or every third time we go out, we can eat super healthy food. 
and striking a better balance so you can create new associations, right? I want you to start picking apart what is what does your lifestyle look like? And I'm big on lifestyle audits. I think they're super impactful. I've got one at theendgamefitness.com. A lifestyle audit means you examine your life and look where you're spending your time and your and your your hours. But with food, you can just write down all your food. Right? One of the easiest ways to be aware of the if you're living a 90/10 lifestyle or if you're even close to it. Right? If you're living 50-50 right now, 50 percent unhealthy food and 50 percent healthy food, then we got we gotta up that. Right? Over the course of the next month or two, let's aim for 70-30. Let's aim for 80-20. And then over the course of six months, let's really dial in the habits to be getting the 90-10 lifestyle of 90% of the time. If I eat five meals a day, seven days a week, that's like 31 meals are planned out. They're purpose-based meals. Um, you can plan out eating to have variety, you know? I typically, if we walk through my day, I eat nuts. Those nuts are in rotation between cashews um, and almonds um, and walnuts sometimes. I have some dark chocolate and that's pretty much my morning, right? Now in a couple hours, I'll consume probably some pre-workout such as an apple um, and a protein shake and some water. And then post-workout, I have a protein shake with some creatine and then a nice meal of, of rice, chicken, broccoli, veg, right? Like these are just all healthy choices for you to be going in. Assuming that your protein powder is extremely clean. Um, we can talk about that in the future, you know, supplementation and, and, and all that in the, in the future of this podcast. And then later I'm having typically a salad or uh, some dense, high dense, high micronutrient carbohydrates with some protein and then I'm going to bed, right? You know, that, that nighttime meal can be can have some variety as it does for me in my life. I'm always kind of mixing around with different vegetables and different carbs. But my my day to day, from breakfast to the pre workout to you know that my pre workout sometimes ranges from an apple to an orange and an orange to a banana. This does not have to be perfect. Don't look for the perfect pre workout. Typically, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about nutri- nutrient timing in, in future podcasts. But understanding that having a routine around your nutrition is the backbone at least in my opinion and other professional opinions. Um, the, the backbone of you being successful, reducing decisions around nutrition, trying to build an environment that is gonna be conducive for you having healthier outcomes. Um, if you live in a household full of people eating a bunch of junk food, eventually you're gonna to wanna to eat their junk food. There's a law by a guy named Dr. John Berardi, he's a doctor of nutrition, says if there is food around you or the people you love, food will be eaten as a law by you or the people you love. Which means if you're spending time with people inside a household, whether you like them or not, it's in your environment and you're going to want to eventually eat that food. It might not be today, might not be a week from now, but in about two, three weeks, maybe two, three months, your likelihood of eating unhealthy food is going to go up. You'll be able to observe this if you work in an office and people bring in junk food. Like It it is difficult to avoid that stuff on a daily basis. So... um, Without running down too far down the rabbit hole, 90-10 lifestyle, put it on paper, write it down. See how many meals you're eating each week that are purpose-based, very healthy, um, and then and then tie it in on average. Are you having only two to three unhealthy choices? Um, make it maybe one or two, right? On weekends, I'm typically out enjoying myself with people. Uh, just throughout the week when I'm in my routine, I have done my best to bulletproof my routine to get the best possible outcomes for myself. Um, 
within that 90-10. On paper, most of my weeks can be, you know, some, some weeks I don't eat unhealthy food at all and I'm at 100% and zero. Some weeks I'm at like 80-20, some weeks I'm at 85-15. A lot of the time, the 90-10 the is just a, is a benchmark, it's a place to try and get to. And once you're there and it becomes a habit and becomes normalized, then it becomes easy, right? People are not successful because they have a genetic predisposition to be, you know, superheroes and look a certain way. People are successful because they choose the right habits over time. They choose the ideal habits. People are the sum total of their experiences and their habits. This does not mean that a person named Johnny with blonde hair is going to be more effective than Susie with red hair. It's the, okay, the appearances. Sure, there's a lot of correlation, a lot of study to suggest that people of certain uh, aesthetic dispositions do better or worse, but there are a lot of people who are not, and this is not picking on anyone, I'm not trying to start a debate here, there are a lot of people who are not extremely attractive who are extremely successful, okay? No names, but let's just be real. The sum total of your experiences and your habits, and you are in direct control of what you experience and how, and, and put are, are responsible for the intention you put into trying to build your habits. Writing down food is one of the best ways to be aware of what your habits are. Do it for two weeks and you will be like, oh my God, I did not realize how much you know unhealthy food I was eating. Secondly, uh, you know, and we're just, that was a lot of information all at once, but secondly, I think most people think that if they're heavy, eating too much food is going to make them heavier. That's a huge nutrition uh, psychology relationship. Oh, I, I'm trying to lose weight, so I'm not going to eat as much. I had a lady who was eating a bagel and like having a Red Bull and then eating like, you know, a salad with no protein at night. And that, that was what she was eating on a regular basis. So she was beyond the decision fatigue of trying to set up her meal, her meal plan in her, in her life. She knew what she was eating on a daily basis. So she was in routine, right? But the, the amount of nutrients coming in was extremely insufficient, it was really low. So we wanna be eating a good amount of food and we can pick apart the details as to how much to be pulling in over time throughout this podcast. But as a baseline, if you're not eating your weight, and this is a very simple way to look at it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you're not eating your body weight in pounds, in grams of protein each day, you're not likely consuming enough protein to be able to lose body fat and gain muscle. Interesting, heard this in a, in a nutrition certification. People need to consume more protein when trying to lose weight than they do to gain muscle. It is harder to metabolize fat than it is to metabolize muscle. It is difficult, uh, more difficult to build muscle um, than it is to, or sorry, more difficult to lose fat than it is to build muscle in terms of the amount of protein consumption you need coming in. So the gym bros are like, oh man, I need my protein shake to build muscle. The people who are losing weight should be like, I need my protein shake to lose weight. Like that's how highly effective protein is for metabolic regulation and, and health and well-being. Now, I'm digressing again. The psychology is far more important than the details, but the details do matter as well. And if you have a relationship that says, I am heavy or I, you know, food is going to make me fat, um, then we're, we're on the money when we say, do what you should do in nutrition, whether you feel like it or not, right? Sometimes if you've been so rigid that you've been eating the routine for so long, maybe what you should do 
is not what you feel like doing, like staying in a routine. Maybe you should step out a little bit and eat some unhealthy food, right? Join join the rest of humanity. Take the pressure off your shoulders, right? And then reacquaint yourself. Like don't don't fall off the rails. Like know when enough is enough and try to come back in. Um, I can't I can't tell you how important self control and decision making is in the outcomes of your nutrition. Most people, like I said, know what is healthy for you. Most people cannot hold the discipline long enough to make good decisions, long enough until they become a habit. Habits are uncomfortable. They are not neurologically efficient. It is very inefficient for glycogen usage in your brain when trying to build a new habit into your life. But once it's there, average two to three months, 67 days, University of College London to build a habit in repetition, once it's in your brain, it becomes super easy. This is why gym nuts get grumpy when they don't exercise. This is why they need to exercise. People are like, why do you inflict that kind of pain on yourself? Because they need it. It's, a, it's an efficient neurological habit. So just understanding that there is a ton of psychology and relationships with nutrition is the backbone. Um, and all we need to do is to start trying to be aware. 90-10, write it down. Uh, observe what you've been eating over time. Try and make your meal plan decisions. Plan out what your week is gonna look like. Try and align it with good information. And don't look for nutrition perfection. Look for nutrition improvement over time. You're going to learn how to cook new things, chop new vegetables, gain skills, gain habits. You're gonna find new information as you, as you surf the net. That's going to counteract and say something against what you've been learning, but over time, this is the magic of learning. Over time, you will have a much better lens as to what to do about nutrition. But if you're not aware that it's a problem, you're not going to be trying to solve it as an issue. So, I know this is an abstract, but I think this is a far bigger problem in terms of nutrition than knowing exactly what to eat, right? Because I could, I could write a a meal plan. I've got meal plans at the Endgame Fitness to give people snapshots to help them build their own nutrition. But for you to want to get remarkable outcomes in nutrition is not going to come down to are your macronutrients perfect? Does it fit your macros? It's going to come down to, you know, how consistently can you fit your macros, right? Like if you don't understand how to be consistent first, then hitting your macros one day and not getting them the other six is never going to give you the outcomes over time right missing a liter a day is 365 liters a year that is that is impactful what i would encourage you to do and look at in terms of your life is the compounding effects over time your actions and your choices and your disciplines and your consistency over time will create outcome for you uh, outcomes for you so to summarize if if you want if you loved what you were hearing here this is the stuff that I live for, really trying to dive into what's gonna help people become super successful. I love trying to get involved in human change and be involved in how to help people improve their fitness. If you're eating healthy nutrition, it's it's going to improve your psychology, help you make better decision making through what I talked about in the beginning, the vagus nerve. So I'm super excited for you guys to try and apply some of this into your life. First step, just be aware. Just be aware that nutrition, is not a perfect thing and it's probably not perfect for you. But as an intention, as an ongoing life process, look to be consistently trying to improve your life. Do not give up on yourself if you make unhealthy decisions. They can be fun and pleasurable and those serve a good purpose as well. 
but if you're falling out of balance, the 90-10, try and pull yourself back into some purpose and just buckle down a bit. Put on put on your, your work shoes and just get to work on your, on your life's problems and your life's habits. There's nothing wrong with trying to improve yourself and becoming a better version of yourself, but it's not going to help you if you're denigrating yourself and, and giving up and, and saying that you can't do things. I'll end with a, one of the quotes that I love from Henry Ford. He said, there's people who believe that they can and people who believe that they can't. And in both cases, they're right. And Will Smith uh, talks about that a lot. Very famous actor, Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air guy. Uh, either way, this podcast, all about your future and fitness. I'm excited to keep sharing the love and keep spreading good ideas and, and help as many people as possible achieve uh, the best the best life they possibly can as an ongoing thing. Uh, we've never arrived, people, so just keep doing your best, and I'll see you guys at the end. Good luck. See you tomorrow.